My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. We're at a surf competition. There's everything you'd expect. Sun, swells, crowds. There's even an MC for the event. But this competition's a little different because the ones catching waves aren't people. They're dogs. And one with her trademark pink vest stands out from all the rest. Today, we're so stoked to be talking about the world's first surf therapy dog, Ricochet. Now, Ricochet might be raking in dog surfing championships, riding giants with surf legend Rob Machado, and even starring in movies like Superpower Dogs. But she also surfs with a purpose. Ricochet works with a number of folks living with special needs and disabilities. One of those groups is people with autism spectrum disorder. And for this community, water is especially treacherous. In the U.S., Accidental drowning accounts for up to 91% of deaths reported in children 14 and under living with autism spectrum disorder. 91%. Ricochet's surfing therapy teaches kids and adults on the spectrum the skills they need to have confidence in the water. But she doesn't stop there. Ricochet works with wounded warriors and veterans living with PTSD. If you can hear all of that and not feel moved in the slightest, well, friend, it's time to check your goddamn pulse because you might not be human. So when I heard about Ricochet, I packed up our gear and flew to Southern California to meet this special pooch snout to snout and, you know, talk with her owner. My name is Judy and, <coughs> and my dogs don't behave. I'm Judy Fredono. I'm Ricochet's guardian. Ricochet is a certified therapy dog and she's what I would consider a master healer. If you've wanted yet feared to do work that is weird, this is the show you just need to hear. I grab a seat and learn if Ricochet is in it for the love of riding waves or just for the lifestyle. Why we still vastly undervalue the potential of our canine companions. And I find out how Ricochet is more attuned to our emotions than maybe we are. I'm Sam Balter, and this is Weird Work. Let's listen to them speak about their jobs, which are quite unique. Weird work. So let's just start with like super basics. Where do you generally take your dog surfing? To the beach. (laughs) Which beach? Typically, we go to the La Jolla Shores a lot, Cardiff, 
you can go to Ocean Beach. There's so many different beaches that you can go to to surf with the dogs. And and what kind of dog is Ricochet? She's a red golden retriever, and she's a very calm dog, typically has very good energy, will connect with you instantly. But if there's a squirrel around, all bets are off. So she likes to chase. She does. I mean, she's still a dog. So she does some really great stuff in the world, but she's still a dog. And I give her opportunity to run. Like at the beach, she likes to chase the shorebirds and such. And so have you surfed before? I surfed with Ricochet before. But on your own, do you no, surf? No, I don't surf. No. <laughs> do you have any interest in surfing? No. no. <laughs> Never was. I don't even like sand. You don't even like the beach. No. I like the beach, but I don't like sand. <laughs> Ricochet chose to do this on her own accord, and I just kind of agreed. You tagged along. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so even though you don't surf, for a human, it's like you paddle out, then you jump up on the board, and then you try and surf a wave. Correct. How does it work for Ricochet? These days, because now she's older, so if she's surfing where we want to conserve her energy, then we might pick her up and bring her out into the water on the board. But for the most part, she would just jump on it. When she's on the board with a child, it depends on what their disability is. Okay. And that determines where she stands on the board. Like, she makes her own decisions. Uh, as far as knowing where she should be, hmm. front of the board, back of the board, whatever. So a child who is physically able, maybe they have autism, she would be in the front of the board so that they can actually use her back end to stand up. Okay, so they're holding on to her back. Yeah. yeah so okay. she's actually being used as an aid. Okay. In those cases. So, and then at that, at some point, then they get brave enough and let go and then they're surfing. So if it's somebody who's lying down on the board because they're quadriplegic or something, she typically will stand in the back kind of between their legs. I don't know how she balances sometimes because she doesn't have full four feet balanced out. Yeah. But she does it. So I don't question it and I just let her do her thing. How serious a surfer is Ricochet? As far as competitive, she used to compete, but she's more serious about surfing with children with special needs and veterans with PTSD. Can anyone surf with Ricochet? Yeah, anyone. Although for a long time, kids that weren't disabled didn't think they could. They hmm. thought they had to be disabled to surf with her, but anybody. She surfed with surf pros. She surfed with a goat. Um, <laughs> you know, kids, adults, all different kinds of disabilities. Who's the most famous person Ricochet has ever surfed with? Um, Rob Machado. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's the only time she Were hit... you... Did you, did that matter much to you since you oh, don't no, care I about Oh, no. I was surfing? running all over the beach trying to get him on the board with her. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the only time Ricochet ever laid down on the board. Yeah. Because she knew he was zen and that she didn't have to help him. So it was just like she was just enjoying the ride. Really? Mm -hmm. So like Ricochet recognized this person's pro. I'm ready yeah, to go. Yeah, and I'm good. And he's, and he's known for being zen and all that. So yeah. she's just like, yeah, I'll just take, take a break here for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she Usually was... she's on the board and she's very responsible. She takes it very seriously. Yeah. Like you won't see her smiling on a surfboard. Her mouth is usually closed because she's so focused and concerned about the person. 
And she also has done things before where she'll say, no, it's not safe for that person to surf, so I'm not going in the water. So she'll just refuse. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That happened one time before I know as much as I know now, where we were surfing with two boys that had the same name, same age, and both needed heart transplants. One lived here in San Diego that contacted us, and then the next day I got a message on Facebook from the other boy, sister. So we did a fundraiser and flew the other boy here, and she was going to surf with both of them. And she just did not think that was safe at all. And back then I didn't realize. I thought she just was bored because the waves weren't big that day. Yeah. But she was clearly trying to say, no, these guys are too sick to be in the water surfing. She only likes to surf big waves. No, she'll surf small waves. <laughs> For you, have you always been a dog person? Um, I think I was more a cat person. We had a dog when I was a kid, but as an adult, I always had cats huh. until I went to an expo, a pet expo, and there were these dogs there that were being trained to be service dogs. You could be a puppy raiser, and at that time, I was, had this in my mind that I wanted to leave the planet knowing that I made a difference in at least one person's life. Yeah. So I thought, well, hey, if I raise a puppy and it ends up helping a person with a disability, then I kind of achieved that. And how many surf therapy sessions do you think Ricochet has done at this point? Hundreds. And it's like everybody she meets, it's almost like a therapy session <laughs> because she, she makes these really deep connections with people. And people are drawn to her. It's really interesting. And then she might be drawn to someone from an energetic perspective, I guess. Yeah. Where she can sense that they're feeling anxious or they're depressed or sad or scared or there's a trigger in the environment. And then she's alerting to that trigger. And she could just meet somebody and immediately do that. For instance, there was one time we were with um, somebody. I, I don't remember what what part of the service she was from navy but we were just in a neighborhood and it was quiet just side streets and we were going across the street and ricochet planted which is basically stopping and putting all fours down and not moving okay so just not going anywhere not going anywhere and like so, you pull the leash dog's not moving yeah we don't usually pull the leash because yeah. the dog's trying to tell me something okay so to other people, it's going to look like she's being stubborn or something. Yeah. But I have learned over these years with her working with the military that it's not. Many of the behaviors that we think our dogs are doing that is bad behavior really isn't. They're really trying to tell us something. So yeah. we miss a lot. So when she plants, what I typically do is I'll look in the environment to see, okay, what could be here that she's alerting to? Yeah. So in this particular case, there was... Um, the only thing I saw was down the street there was a garbage truck and it was picking up garbage so it was making noise. Yeah. And I said to the girl, "Our truck's your trigger." And she said, "No, I don't have any triggers." Huh. So as we continued talking, it turns out that she did have something happen to her in a crosswalk that she was just uncomfortable mentioning about before? No, she didn't even think of it. Like, she wasn't oh. even aware of it. It was so deep into her soul or subconscious or whatever you want to call it that she wasn't consciously aware that that truck did something to her body that Ricochet was able to pick up on. Yeah. And so what ended up happening, was as we continued talking, she told me at one point there was a time when she went to cross off the cross crosswalk and there was a motorcycle that was coming in and almost hit her. 
And then after that, there was a truck who didn't see her or the motorcycle and came and actually the mirror of the truck yeah. actually hit her in the head and flew off. So oh she actually God. had trauma in, an, in a crosswalk. We'll be back with more from Judy <laughs> and Ricochet after the break. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Why do you think that people, especially people with autism or people who are in the military, are able to relate so well to dogs? I think, and those are two good segments of the population that you brought up because I always say that they're similar because typically those with PTSD and those with autism have social anxiety. Okay. So I think dogs, and I, I can speak from Ricochet, there's a lot of kids that have autism that are nonverbal. Yeah. However, they speak with the dogs. There's communication between the dog and the person. And there's a video I have of Ricochet. It's a slow motion video that I never would have noticed if it wasn't in slow motion. But it's her surfing with a boy that's got autism. They're coming toward the shore. They both jump off the board. And as soon as she hits the water, she turns her head to look at him. And she does not look away from him until he turns and makes eye contact with her. That eye contact was like a second. 
But that's all they needed to communicate that I'm fine. And as soon as he said, I'm fine, she ran to the beach. So it doesn't take a lot for them to be able to communicate. It's just as humans, we have these expectations that a child with autism should do A, B, or C like we do it. Yeah. Or somebody that has PTSD is going to come back and be the person they were before they had PTSD. Ricochet relative to other dogs. Do you think she's especially skilled in, in her ability to read and understand people or that all dogs are and just people don't pick up on it as much? I think both. She is a very special dog. And her behaviors have been nurtured for 10 years. So they've been able to develop and grow stronger. However, I do believe every dog has the capacity to do this. And you had Ricochet said she's been a puppy, right? Yes. And you professionally trade dogs to be service dogs. Correct. Was it hard when you had a dog that's a puppy that you're trading with its entire life to be a service dog? And then you're like, this is just not going to work. Is it hard? Yeah, like is yeah, it-, it was hard. There was a person in Oregon that donates dogs to service dog organizations. So she actually had a female that was going to have puppies, and she came to live with me during that time. So she had her puppies here at my house. Okay. I knew, I had done an ultrasound on the mom to see how many puppies there would be. So during delivery, we kind of knew what to expect. And I knew there were going to be 10 puppies, and I wanted to keep a girl. But we were going on to the ninth puppy, and there were only a couple girls. Mm. So I turned to the mom, and I said, okay, make the next one a girl, and let her have a piece of white fur on her chest. And it was just a statement. But out popped Ricochet, a girl with a white piece of fur on her chest. So she came into this world very, mm, I don't even know what word to use. (laughs) Destined. Yeah, yeah, that's called, a good word. Maybe destined. called. <laughs> destined, because it's definitely she has a destiny and she has a purpose. She initially was supposed to be a service dog. That's what I was training her for. She didn't want to do that, and we struggled for a whole year before I realized what she wanted to do. When she was eight weeks old, I had a kiddie pool. There's a boogie board in the pool, and I just kind of tapped it to invite her on it. She got on, and she had really good balance. So I played around with it, kind of on the side of her service dog training. So up until that point, I was very frustrated with her for like a year Hmm. because she didn't want to train. Like she showed me early on what she could do, and then she just shut down. So I realized, okay, she doesn't want to be a service dog. And it was when she jumped on the surfboard of back then 14-year-old Patrick Iveson, who's quadriplegic, that I realized that's what she wants to do. I had to trust that she knew what she was doing because nobody did this before, but she wanted to do it. And 14-year-old Patrick is like, yeah, let's do it. He didn't have any fear. So um, they pitched him in a wave and they rode to shore and it was like the heavens opened. I'm like, oh, this is what you want to do. Like her whole demeanor changed. She was really happy. And so she was running back in the water to do it over and over again. So it was her choice to surf with kids that have disabilities. And she's never stopped since. It almost sounds to me like you see yourself as an interpreter to Ricochet's connection. I think interpreter is a good word. I help her speak. She doesn't talk, so she can't tell you this story. I have to tell you this story. So I never took credit for anything that she did because she's the one who has a special power, not me. There wasn't even like a little bit of selfishness in Mm -mm. you that was like, I'm the best fucking dog trainer in the world. No, no. 
because what she's doing now, I didn't train her to do. Huh. And it, this happens to all our dogs. We, we don't listen. It's just, that's how we are as humans. Dogs you, are way smarter than us. <laughs> I guess, why do you think dogs are, in general, are able to pick up on emotions so much better than maybe even humans can? Oh, they pick up on emotions way better than humans. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I personally think dogs are magical beings. I just, I don't even think they live in the same sphere that we do. Huh. They physically do, but their their energy and their emotional structure, I feel it's coming from a different plane or something. I just don't think they're on the same level as us. Yeah. And we'll never learn everything about them because what I'm learning about Ricochet and I'm able to transfer to other dogs now, I have never been taught that. I don't know anybody that does that. So if this is great, I love that we're doing this to help teach people to kind of look at their dog a little bit differently if they're bothering you, look in the environment. What could there possibly be that maybe you're having some reaction to and maybe you're not even consciously aware of it. So the more that we listen, the more they can tell us. Dogs are just pure beings. Humans have a lot of garbage, baggage, whatever. So it's hard to be pure, have a pure soul like a dog has. And so, and do you think... Like cats are in that same category as dogs or no? I don't think they are to that degree. Yeah. I mean, cats can be very comforting. Yes. But cats typically have a, a very different personality whether it's more about them than the person, I think. Um, you know, they can be standoffish. They can give you the finger. <laughs> you know, it just dogs don't do that. You could pr pretty much do anything to a dog and they're still going to love you. And cats, I think they'd scratch your eyes out. One of the things that I noticed when you write about Ricochet, you often describe her as an empath. Can mm -hmm. you describe what that is? An empath is someone that can feel what you feel. And I, and I just working with the military for as long as we have, I can tell that she feels what they're feeling or she couldn't tell me through her behavior what they're feeling. Do you think that that's sometimes hard on Ricochet? I did, the first time we ever did the military, yes, I was worried about that because I thought, well, she's going to take on all their emotions and then how's she going to feel? Yeah. So initially that first time I did have a Reiki treatment done on her, which is energy. And, but, and then after that, she knows how to let it go. And a big part of her release is running. Hmm. So that's why if we're at the beach for a long day where she's surfing with all the kids and there's just a lot of activity. Yeah. At the end, or sometimes even in the middle, I'll let her go run. Go chase a bird so she can run off some of that energy that's not necessarily good energy. I think it helps. Yeah. Like we were in D.C. for almost a week and she was, I mean, long days of interacting with many, many people and kids. And she, we would go home and there were these two bunnies in the front yard where we were staying and she would just kind of watch them and be excited that there's bunnies there and I, I'm assuming that's how she released her energy, but um, she just seems to know how to not hold on to it. If people with autism and service members didn't have this type of experience where they were able to work with dogs or go surfing or have these kind of empowering moments, like what do you think would be the alternative for them? Well, I already know the alternative is drugs. Okay. Because that's how most PTSD is treated with drugs. 
there's a lot of alternative therapies out there. Yeah. Hiking, music, art, all those types of things. So I think if somebody has PTSD and they don't have access to those types of things, then it makes it harder. The dogs, it's just because of the connection. Yeah. I think is what makes it more powerful than other therapies. And what about working with kids with autism? I think it's just being heard, even if they're nonverbal. They want to be heard, and the dog hears them. The dog doesn't have to have words to communicate, and the kids don't need to have words to communicate. Like in some ways almost like a lot of the times we think about things as accomplishments. Like I want to get this job. I want to get this promotion. I want to own this business. I want to start this nonprofit. And then once we do that, we have to come up with something that then comes later. Whereas a lot of the way you describe Ricochet is more like a constant, you know, like just a constant, like this is my life. These are the things I do because this is what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Without the sort of like, I accomplish this next thing. The difference is, and she's taught me this, when you're on your path and you're living your purpose, it comes to you. You don't have to try to accomplish this and this and this and this. It's really a way easier way to live. And, you know, we all want to be in control. That's just human nature. But once you let go of that control and just let life be lived, it's very different. And it's so easy. And not that there aren't challenges, because there are, but I think... We look at obstacles in our lives or challenges or, or tragedies and all these bad things that happen as just a lot of people respond and, and never get past their grief. Where I look at this now that whatever, if something bad happens, it's an opportunity for something else. So I don't typically get upset about things now. If it doesn't work out that way, I'm like, well, it wasn't meant to be. What's going to come next? And then I just wait. And whatever is meant to be comes. Just happens. It just comes, yeah. Like Oprah Winfrey Network, I didn't approach them. They called me, you know. And it's just like if you let it go instead of trying to pursue it so hard, I think then things will come to you. It might not be what you want. Like I didn't, I didn't want her to be a surf dog. <laughs> I wanted her to be a service dog. But once I accepted her for who she is and what she does, then it made it easier. It's really softened my heart doing this work. Now I'm used to it, but there, there's still times where I'll get choked up depending on what we're talking about or what's happening. And now that she's getting older and I know that she's in the last quarter of her life, those things, you know, it's more real reality now. And so it's getting harder yeah. and she's slowing down. So... She's slowing down surfing-wise. I don't think she'll ever slow down healing-wise. And that's really what her legacy is. It's not so much surfing. Today's episode was written and produced by Matthew Brown. We'd like to thank Judy for providing us with the videos of Ricochet catching waves and helping out countless numbers of kids, veterans, and families. And we'd like to thank Ricochet for just being the best pooch there is be it on dry land or out on the water. If you want to donate to Ricochet's work, read more about all the different communities she helps, or maybe just learn how to teach your own dog to surf. You can do it all over at surfdogricochet.com. We'll have more surf videos up on our social as well, at Weird Work. 
We're only a few episodes into the new season, so be sure to subscribe to the show now. That way, you get every new episode delivered to your podcast feed. It's as reliable as my producer asking for a second take. Hey, Matt, is this one good enough for you? As always, I'm Sam Balter, and stay weird, you goofy-footed hoedads. dads <laughs> <laughs>